0: You're listening to the Two Bucks Podcast, the podcast for outdoor entrepreneurs. Little
1: by little, I was getting the sense of my time isn't my time. Just kept doing
2: this pull to the outdoors and wanting to do something in the outdoor space.
0: Welcome to the Two Bucks (coughs) Podcast, the podcast for outdoor entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brian Krebs, and I have Christian and Jeremiah with me today from Released Outdoors. These guys have been insanely busy and have been crushing it this fall, so I'm super excited to have them here. With that, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing great,
1: man.
0: Uh, Awesome.
1: Excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys here. We've been working on this podcast for probably two months by now, and obviously it's December. The last two months have been the busiest on all three of our calendars, and so you guys were like, hey, let's do it on Sunday night, and I was like, ah, I'm going to be in the stand on Sunday night. That ain't going to work. And then I was, you know, hey, are you guys free this week? And like, ah, we're headed to Kansas, and so finally got a time on the calendar. Yeah, yeah it's been – it's yeah, it been a little missed, touch and go been, playing phone <laughs> tag for a while yeah, for sure. Um, so you guys have been, you guys have been crushing it this year. I mean, it, is it fair to say this has been the busiest and, and most successful year for released outdoors so far?
1: I would say
2: going into this year, we knew this was like, I would say this was our prove it year. And we definitely feel like we proved it. I mean, every, every guy on our team, you know, Killed something in multiple states. Um, I think the other day we tallied almost, what was it, 14 big game animals this year between the six or seven of us, and
0: it's been a been an awesome, busy year from Idaho to Missouri. That's insane. I remember one season, my family, we, we hit 17 big game animals between the six of us, and man, were we lots of trips to the taxidermist lots of trips to the butcher shop we did a lot of our own butchering i mean it was a busy busy fall all the way from elk and antelope through late season whitetails it's it's been great so um yeah that's amazing to hear i love seeing other people succeed how long have has released outdoors been in production how long have you guys been up and running uh
2: well we let's see we started uh in 2020 um so 2020 uh i'm from western montana came out here to kansas went to school got married, married and did have uh, been out here since got a job at an ethanol plant that's kind of where i met that's where i met christian and uh you know we both very passionate about the outdoors and just like everybody else that's a blue collar guy that enjoys deer hunting you see all these people having success on social media Doing their thing and you know you're like why not us and so that's kind of what started it and you know it took us quite a while to figure out what we wanted to do and we're still definitely trying to learn like what our niche is going to be in the outdoor industry but uh you know coming up with released outdoors you know we thought on it for quite a while and then one day christian came to work and he's like i got it he's like light bulb moment he's like released outdoors and he's like this is what i'm thinking and so i drew up the logo on a post-it note at work and from there i mean that's that's how it all started
0: yeah i mean the logo I mean, is that a back tension release or just a handheld release but it, obviously an archery release right
1: just a yeah thumb just release. a hand release
0: I mean- yeah so do you yeah. guys focus only on archery and you know don't we don't do anything with firearms or do you do both sides of the fence
1: we're we both sides. sides i, I mean <clears throat> there's we don't split it there any we got guys in montana idaho that it's a struggle for them sometimes to shoot with a bow so they pick up a gun and there's nothing wrong with that that's just that's part of it so a lot of people are like see that we've had gun kills this year and they ask us, well, I thought you were bow only. We have multiple logos. I mean, we have the antler logo. We have the the original logo. And just because that's what the logo is doesn't mean that's exactly what we are. I mean, any way we can, we're going to.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love it. I'm a, I'm an yeah. advocate of killing things. I don't care what you use.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm an equal opportunist.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've thought about the crossbow thing. If it was legal for me to use a crossbow, I'd probably do it every now and then. I don't think I'd always do it, but, like, if I was on a mission to kill does on the farm, like, I'm going to bring that crossbow and just be lethal instead of, like, hoping this doe comes into 20 yards and making sure everything's perfect. It's like, I'm just going to stick her with the crossbow and call it good. Um, So I definitely don't care. My wife
1: shoots a crossbow.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, my wife prefers crossbow, and she's a straight killer she's a shooter it's funny
0: have you seen the new i think it's the new raven crossbows are up over 500 feet per second
1: uh, um, one of our guys just spot one.
0: oh my gosh i can't imagine just, shooting something that fast and they're a heavy broadhead too or a heavy arrow i mean it's not like they're 350 grain bolts they're like
1: 450 i the last one yeah. i looked at yeah they're uh they're ridiculous fast uh dane one of our guys he was shooting one the other day and he called and told me he was shooting three inch groups at 105 yards with it that's insane
0: i mean i understand why people don't like like, them but it's pretty cool i I think they're cool just looking at them and what they can do i mean it's just cool but awesome so what's legal use them yeah my dad shoots crossbow, but he's he's older enough that he can't pull back a bow anymore. It's hard on his shoulder and so he just switched to a crossbow. He shot a lot of deer with the bow, way more than me. So I don't give him shit. I try to encourage him, like, let's go, let's go. I'm going bow hunting, you got a crossbow, like let's go <laughs> out together. And he's always like, hey, I'm busy or it's too hot. I don't want to get the mosquitoes and I was like, Come on. But
1: Yeah. Awesome. My dad's the same way.
0: Yeah. I keep telling him he'd he'd see more deer and have more fun by hunting early season archery because by the time gun season comes around, sometimes, you know, where we are in Minnesota, it definitely starts to decline. Crops are coming out. Deer, they're kind of relocating. It's to better food sources, and our farms don't have them yet. And so I tell him, like, hey, you should come out early season and see 30 deer a night. No kidding. Why not? Right. So... So looking back over the season, one of the best years you guys have had, what was the craziest or most exciting animal that one of your guys got on the ground
2: uh, this you'd probably uh, say probably Branson
0: yeah what do you, what do you do what, what, give the listeners a kind he, of a uh, breakdown of, of what happened. I think
2: his best archery bull this year in Montana, I think he was like 350. Uh, really good archery bull, uh, Eastern Montana. And, but I would say even that was this year, last year he was for my mountain goat tag and he killed a mountain goat in the crazies and around there, uh, around Big Timber. And I mean, that that's probably hands down, I think, the best animal we've killed to date. Um, just because, yeah. I mean, like I said, he's he's fortunate enough to draw the tag in his early 20s you know most people put in their whole life and never get the opportunity to do so
0: yeah no kidding i mean i can't imagine either of those animals are super cool obviously the mountain goats an extreme hunt but even a 350 bull i mean i shot one on a once in a lifetime tag a couple years ago and the size difference between the raghorns we usually stick with our bows and that 354 is I mean everything about it. The hide's thicker, the neck is wider. It's just a really—you walk up on an animal like that, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" They're impressive. Yeah. yeah, no kidding, no kidding. He did better than we did archery hunting. We had a 350 caliber bull within 60 yards. We just didn't. My brother didn't have the shot. He was behind some trees, and cows got our wind before. Crazy situation. We we were um, just had to go hunt an area. I threw out a locator. We hear a bugle behind us, and it was close. You never, you know, when you're elk hunting and you feel that like, oh, let's go see if I can hear something on the next ridge, and they're yeah. like right on top of you, and you're like, shit. And we gotta, we gotta <laughs> climb elevation like now. And then he lets out another bugle, and he had cut the distance by about 150 yards in about 10 seconds. And so we knew, like, oh my gosh, this isn't gonna work out well. We we're trying to climb up this hill at, right where we. Whereas a bunch of deadfall, like we both like took off running and tripped um, and, it, and all of a sudden this herd was on us. Well, come to find out one of our buddies that was hunting in a different area jumped this whole herd tracking his bull and pushed him exactly straight to us. I give my brother shit like, you know, I let out one bugle and I got a 350 with this whole herd come charging us and you didn't even get them. You didn't even shoot him. Like, how, what more do you want from me as a caller? I would do one call and a 350 ends up in your lap, and he just le- laughs at me and like, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> so didn't work out. <laughs> it was a crazy big <laughs> bull, but it didn't work out. So, cool, cool. So how yeah, many guys do you guys have on the team? Um, obviously, you two, and you mentioned <clears throat> a producer, but how many guys are out there day-to-day filming and, and putting down content?
2: Uh, i believe we have seven guys oh uh, um, have... yeah go ahead christian
1: Uh we got go so there's me and jeremiah obviously and, and then noel and then we have dane jake branson uh jake's in idaho he's one of jeremiah's buddies that i've uh, met through jeremiah uh, big waterfowl guy kills a lot of ducks a lot of geese and branson's in montana and then lucas lucas is another friend that i had met through Jer- through jeremiah he's from uh central eastern kansas and he's another one of the dudes that just gets it done i mean he kills he's killed three white tails in three years he's three for three right now so he's just been killing it for us and then he's hard uh, on my the cousin dane yeah he uh loves shooting his nannies <laughs> and then uh my cousin Dane, he's a he's another killer. And if you get a phone call saying he killed a deer, it's either really old or really freaking big. And he's a shed guy. I mean, he it's on average probably picks up between 175 to 200 whitetail sheds a year. It's insane.
0: Ooh, man, that's I'm a big shed hunter, as you guys can tell. My backdrop is solid antlers, and I've been I've been striving for that hundred shed season. And it's – and I find two – if I find two on our own farms a year, that's good. Most years it's zero. So all the sheds I'm finding are public yeah. land, permission land, trying to make connections, and we hit – I hit 45 last year, and most of those were public land sheds in Minnesota, North Dakota. Yeah. And so it's – man, it's – when you say 175, 200, that is incredible. That's a lot of work.
1: It's unreal. Uh, I, my best season, seventy-seven, and I, I think my number last year was sixty-two or sixty-four. But I had the best quality shed season I ever had. I picked up a seventy-one-inch four side and a seventy-seven-inch five side with three inches broke off, three or four inches, and then wow. the set to a deer that I killed this year. I mean, I I had a, a phenomenal shed season, and Jeremiah did too. I mean, yeah, like I, I, think I said, I- we had we had a great year. Yeah, I think I picked
2: up <clears throat> somewhere in the fifties for sheds. Then I, I don't even know what our total was as a group. I mean, it was probably almost four hundred no. sheds. No.
0: Are are no, most of these five private or public and land sheds?
1: everywhere, uh, a lot I mean, of permission forms. Yeah, I mean, okay, sounds in like Kansas, I need Kansas permission forms.
0: Sounds like I need to come to Kansas for shed like season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, come down.
0: I would love that. I
1: mean we got a lot of permission for them And there's a lot of uh we got a lot of public, but it gets walked heavy. But like we've come to the factor of how many people actually walk probably past shed, you know. We walked a spot late last year and picked up one. And I'm like, you know how much traffic's been in this place and we still managed to pick up one. I mean not everyone's going to find
0: them. I can attest to that. I have found about half of my sheds on public. I have found while I'm watching someone else's boot tracks. Like it's like I'm looking at someone's boot tracks that have walked this line and I'm finding sheds. Um, so that's the first one. It's like, I just had a conversation with Eric Clark from the okayest hunter. And we were talking about that specific thing. And it, yeah. you know, it's like my personal motto now is to not let boot tracks ruin your hunt. Cause the number of sheds they miss. No. Versus like an experienced shed hunter, like a lot of those people are probably like, oh, shed hunting's cool. Let's go try it. And I'm glad they do. But they're not they're not picking out a one inch tine sticking out of the brush at 20 yards. Like some of us, you know, every now and then we'll be like, oh, yeah, there's a shed 20 yards away. You see like just the right shading or the right inch of of an antler. Um, So that's the first one. The second one is like listening to people say, oh, you can't shed hunt until, you know, whatever date. Such a line of of. Bull crap. i mean <laughs> last year i yeah. started shed hunting the last week of january in north dakota i was on snowshoes um walking across two feet of snow and i found eight that weekend and then i went out first weekend of february and found 20 in one weekend on all on all of those 28 were on public land so i found 28 public land sheds before most people even think they should start and it's like you get so much <laughs> crap on tiktok yeah. <laughs> well, you're not finding any because it's too early. And I'm joking like, oh, I can't find sheds as I walk by one in like the background of my video. I like, remember
2: seeing that TikTok.
1: Oh, really? Cool. I think that's how we bumped into you on TikTok yeah. was our 4E page. And I kept seeing you walking by sheds with the shed laying there and you were making fun of people. And I got a kick out of it. I'm like, God, I relate to this so much. because <laughs> so Everyone's like, you're walking too early. And then, you know, we got local guys. Hey, how many sheds have you found this year? None. Well, How many sheds have you found this year? We haven't found any. Little do they know, I got 20 laying in my garage already, and I put on, you know, 30 miles. Yeah. Like, I'm picking them up, but I'm not going to tell you I'm picking them up. Get out there and go earn it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I was shed hunting like three years ago or two years ago, and I was having a brutal season to start with and i finally picked up a farm well actually what happened was i was picking up farms i was I was driving around just like i gotta find a better place to shed hunt. i'm trying to get for publics and permissions and it just wasn't going well um and so i was driving around looking at shelter belts in the middle of egg country and i'm like holy shit there's a road shed like yep. 100 yards out that yep. is and it was laying and just tines up the sun was hitting it and a little opening in the woods it was like god put it there for me to find right and I'm I've, this whole like – right. it took me five years to find my first roadshed, that, and that was it. And I'm like, I need to get permission to this land. And so I started calling the landowner and calling the guy, and then finally found the guy that was leasing it out. He was at a North Dakota State football game in the crowd, like answered his phone. Crowd's going nuts. He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you can walk it. I don't <laughs> care. You know, good luck. So I got permission, went and picked that shed up, and I was just so – it turned out to be like a 66-inch four-point. And – and so I was oh. walking around Yeah, it was a hammer And I was walking around It's actually, if you can see yeah. um, It's one of those eight points right there I can't remember which one it is Actually, it's that one right here um, Oh, yeah Those, okay. I call them top wire sheds Because they're all big and they're, and they're sentimental there's a, there's a point behind all of them The one that you can see over my shoulder right here That's the first shed that my, my yeah. lab ever found on his own Without me seeing it first and it turned out to be like a hammer, like a 62, 63-inch four-point. I was like, ah. Oh, I he's... have
1: a, a top wall right here in front of me.
0: Yeah, it's something cool about those big ones. You want to be able to pick them up. But anyway, find this shed, and I'm walking around, and I'm seeing all kinds of people find just huge piles of antlers. And I'm like, you know what would be funny if I'm just, like, complaining and bitching that I can't find any – sheds and you know and so i throw it over my shoulder and i'm like walking through and and to make the video even better I accidentally walked right into a tree branch in the middle of the video the first one i ever did and it like hits me in the face and i'm like you know how are you guys finding all these sheds like i can't find two pieces of deer shit and you guys are out here stacking up 20 a day probably go back and find 30 tomorrow like how are you guys doing it and then that that shed was laying in the background and that's the first time it ever blew up and i'm like oh there's something here like people like seeing people like seeing other people fail people like fun people so it's like you're hitting like you get three types of comments like the people that like to see you fail and they tell you why you failed like oh you need to go on high fences you're hunting too late or you're too early and then there's the people that just love the humor in it and so then they're like commenting and then the third people are like you missed a shed you know you missed one and they're like yeah i know that's kind of the point here guys
1: yeah (laughs) here i I filmed one last year posted uh of one that got ran over by a farmer and it's it's in the dirt compacted down there's tire tracks going over the top of it i'm like you've got to be kidding me like what are the odds here and and jeremiah are just sitting there laughing because he was with me when we found it and it blew up It got a whole bunch of views as well It just must be the shed humor people people enjoy i don't know
0: It's just like crossbows, like there's so much emotion behind it. Half the people think it's a participation trophy. Half the people are jealous. I don't know. I mean, it's funny. It's a bold move for a farmer to drive over a shed if he saw it because the farm that I hunt in South Dakota, we go down there, and it's 100,000 acres of egg land, and they got pockets of deer, and it's all no-till, so there's tons of deer. But they started bringing in shed hunters because the first year that they had problems, they popped 15 tractor tires on antlers. And so the owner of the farm operation owned the Pheasant Lodge. He's like, I don't care what you guys do, but you need to get these sheds out of these fields. So they started bringing in shed hunters to do it. So, awesome. Cool, cool. So what's – out of, you know, all the seven guys, how did you go about building released outdoors and, and like, finding the right fit? Because I'm sure you guys have buddies that – you know, no matter how much they want to be on the show or want to be a part of it, you're like, I just don't know if you're the right fit. Like, you got to, you got to deliver. So, was that a hard part of building it out and building the team?
1: Take it away, Jeremiah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, there's definitely, and like, we both have, you know, everybody has friends that hunt and be part of it and nothing against those guys. It's just, You know, you got to find people that are going to be all in and, you know, have like minded ideas and want to head the same direction and guys that you can really ride or die with. Not saying, you know, you can't ride or die with a lot of your friends, but when you're going to be business partners, and we don't, you know, me and Christian are the owners, but we don't think these guys are our employees or beneath us at all. You know, we're all, we make a decision, you know, we come to the guys and we ask their opinions and, uh, You know, we try to keep everything going one direction and, and, you know, we're not trying to do this to benefit ourselves. We're trying everything we do is to benefit the groups. Um, But so, yeah, I mean, we just look for guys that were just as dedicated and crazy about it as we are, you know, because we. You know, I'm sure I know I drive my wife crazy as much as I talk about deer and walk around the household and sheds and, you know, it's a it's a 365 day a year thing for us. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. How um, long did you have the team established? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Christian.
1: No, go, you go ahead.
0: Did you have the team established from day one or did you and Jeremiah start released outdoors and then as you've been going, you started adding one here and add one there. You find out a buddy can actually lay down film and he gets it done so you bring him on. How did that look?
1: Um... D- Jeremiah had mentioned names to me, you know, Lucas and Branson. And I had talked to Branson just a little bit. And Jeremiah kind of showed me his resume of elk and sheds and mule deer and antelope. And I mean, you name it. I'm like, yeah, if he wants to be a part, let's do it. And then, same with Lucas. And Lucas was the same way. And then Dane, uh my cousin, like he was another one of them guys that just had a, an amazing track record. And we had Mesters ball just kind of asked, like, hey, you know, we're we're trying to do something here. We're tired of really watching other guys go do stuff when we can do it, and I know we can do it because we're all devoted and almost sick from doing this stuff because we do it so much that we're like, let's let's build something and then after a year we'll go from there and see what happens. And everyone was in and and it's been really good and and we, we feel like we have one of the strongest groups of, of guys, you know, especially in Kansas, cause there are some Kansas uh, pages, you know, that we know. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like there's anyone that is as dedicated because this is a 24 seven thing with us. I mean, it's like Jeremiah said, I, if we're not thinking about deer or ways to, we can improve our page, improve our guys improve the company, I mean, apparel, podcasting stuff, you know, we're just not that into it, but we are. And and it's been great for us. But with the whole guy thing or picking up teammates, we talk, it gets brought up, what, three times a week, you know, hey, what if we add so-and-so because they're killing it and they can film and we need more guys to film, you know, for, for other events we have coming up. And then we talk to our guys like, hey, you know, we run everything by our team guys. It isn't a Jeremiah and I decision. It's a, what do you guys think? We have a group message. We want opinions because everyone matters. Everyone's opinion matters to us. And most of the time, all the guys agree with us on everything. So, on a perspective of teammate-wise, we're always looking and interested in who's interested in us, I guess you could say. but." We got a solid team, and I don't, I mean, we're running with it. And, uh, Jeremiah, if you got anything to add, you know, go ahead, man.
2: No, like, but from the start, you know, it's been the main six guys. And then in the last year, like I said, we, you know, we added Noel, who we were fortunate enough to meet at ATA last year in Louisville, and we just hit it off with him. And he's close to us, you know, he's only a couple hours away. and he, you know, he filled a big need that we had, you know, having more uh, – a stronger media background and um, production and stuff. And he's a, he's a great guy. You know, I think he's probably one of the best guys I've seen with a camera around in the Midwest. He's very good at what he does. And, uh, you know, so, you know, we added him in the last year. But to answer your question from the beginning, you know, it's pretty much been the,
0: the core group of guys. That sounds awesome. No, I mean.
1: Thanks to texting me now. <laughs>
0: Oh really? Well,
1: if you want, he's like, how's it going? I'm like,
0: (laughs) good. Good. Like I'm busy, man. Good. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't, most people grow like start small and grow, but to have a team like that from day one, I'm assuming that really helped everything just take off when you got six, seven guys sending in content, laying down great hunts. Like you just have way more content to work with. And then that, I mean, did that really help things grow fast?
2: Yeah, oh, yeah i mean I, I think
0: we definitely started
2: go ahead
1: uh like he is saying you know we definitely started out slow jeremiah and i really like took pictures with our phones like videoed with our phone and then we upgraded camera gear and then started taking pictures with cameras and then we do all editing and stuff now we're still you know taking it day by day and learning, and with us adding Noel to the team who has all the media experience and and editing, you know, in his pocket like that, because that's what Noel did for a living before uh, we actually met him. That's how we met him at ATA. Um, so we feed off of him, and he feeds off of us. He has amazing ideas when it comes to all the media side and then sometimes jeremiah and i will have a light bulb and we'll send it to him and he's like yes that's perfect you know so we all grow off of each other so picking up noel's really been a blessing i mean he he's dedicated the dude drove six hours to where i'm at got off work at 9 p.m and got to my house at 3:30 in the morning to come film me for three days, try killing a deer. I mean, that's how dedicated the dude is. Wow. He didn't even sleep. We went to the stand and that's a, I mean, that's another story we will have to get into later possibly, but (laughs) Noel is a, a ride or die dedicated dude. And we are blessed to have him a part of our team and not on anyone else's team. It's, it's great. Noel's the man.
0: Cool. Awesome. Sounds like a great person to add to the team for sure. Um so as as you guys are growing, I mean, how many years have have you been up and running? I I might have missed that earlier.
1: Uh we started in 2020. So okay. I, I believe it was may of 2020 somewhere in there. Spring okay. of may, spring of 2020.
0: Okay. So like yep. as you guys are growing, what have you noticed has been the biggest kind of help in in like seeing good long stretches of growth across your channels? Is it just laying down good content? Have you found like little tips and tricks that help if someone's thinking about starting their own kind of production company and outdoor production, especially like what have you guys found that just really helps you guys grow and, and reach wider audiences?
1: So when we first started, you know, you get all the follows and likes from family and friends you know you get you get a thousand or so followers between all the guys on the team from family members I'm yeah grandma family grandma. and friends yeah yeah <laughs> and then you get to a point to where you see other pages that are just blowing up and jeremiah and i struggled with this because you can you know purchase followers or mm-hmm. or do that whole line of things and we're all natural followers. We don't we don't want to do that side, and and if that's what people do, that's fine. That's just not us. Uh, our deal was just laying down content, posting every single day when we could. Just whatever it was, stories, Facebook, on Instagram. I mean, we have TikToks now. Um, just trying to get it, get our name and our faces out there. And we got to a point to where. You know, it kind of slowed down with the followers, and we're like, "What's going on?" You know, Instagram has that the algorithm theory, and it's a real pain. And it's like, "What are we doing wrong? Why are we getting uh, one follower a week when we're getting 200 likes on a picture?" Right. You know, and that's where Noel came into play, and and Noel explained to us how he would do things, and ever since then, it's been it's it's taken off. You know, we've or, the reels have really picked up on instagram you know instagram wants you to post reels so all right so we'll post reels and we'll get thousands to two thousands or three thousands of views and then you get followers from that yeah um i think our best reel was uh kind of a gag reel something kind of like you did we had a we work with a feed sponsor jeremiah's wearing their hat not really a sponsor we're partners like a partner with them we, Jeremiah and I helped develop the feed company actually through the plant we work at, and we needed to do something to get the name out there other than go to ATA and post pictures, so we made a literal gag reel, I mean, video. It was It's absolutely hilarious. There's a video of me eating the tub, lighting my checkbook on fire. I mean, just, just a gag, and it got, I think, 12,000 views or something like that, and we're like, there's something here kind of like you did with your shed video yeah it's like people want funny in the outdoor industry as well because you can't be serious every day i mean if you do that you're going to be absolutely miserable Look so we have them. ideas planned for this shed season that we're jacked about for for gags and stuff like that so that's going to be awesome i have a feeling
0: well, if you guys ever well, have an opening for, like, Team Clown on the shed hunting side of things, I've got lots of experience. Heck, yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Well, I th-
2: that video, I think he got, like, 12,000 on Instagram, and I think he got, like, another 20,000 on TikTok yeah. for views. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's quite a bit.
2: But I think that's why, I mean, look at Kip Campbell. Kip Campbell kills it. He has some of the best social media, like commercials. I mean, he his comedic side is awesome.
0: Yeah. And I like what you said yeah. about you might have missed it, Jeremiah, when you were working on your on your connection. But, you know, he talked about like the difference between growing organically and just putting out content well, versus like paid subscribers or or not paid yeah, subscribers, it, but paid yes. growth. And yeah. you see that a lot where you'll come across a or a, an account that either they either bought their following Or they went mega viral and got a huge following from one video. But now, you know, they might have 50,000 followers and then they post something, it gets 500 views. And you can see like it's not it's not working. Whereas you look at other groups that have grown slowly and organically, maybe not slowly, but just organically through the content they produce. I always think of the 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 Hunter podcast or the We Are Hunter guys out in Ohio and Pennsylvania they have 40-50,000 followers on TikTok, but they're consistently outreaching their follower count with their videos. They're getting 100,000, 200,000, 3 million consistency, and that's what happens when you build a high-quality following rather than just a large following. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So how did so the feed company, that's an interesting. So did they approach you and said, "Hey, we want to develop a feed company?" You guys have some experience with your day job. You have the platform to promote. Did they approach you, or how did that all start?
2: Uh, so like everybody, like anybody that feeds deer knows what DDG is or distillers grains. It's you know one of the main ingredients in all supplemental protein feeds, and that's a byproduct, or excuse me, a byproduct of you know refiner ethanol plants, okay. uh, distilleries, stuff like that. We, us already having a feed facility at the plant we work at, you know, they've, they already make cattle products. Um, but you know, when cattle are on grass, they're not eating tubs. So the facility wasn't running year round. Um, so just make, you know, I pitched the idea. They liked it. Um, there's actually a couple other people that came outside of the plant that kind of had similar ideas. And so we actually had to interview, we sat down with, you know, the, the CEO, of the company operations managers, marketing people, and we had to actually interview and pitch ourselves. And we did, and, you know, it form, formed a partnership and we've, you know, helped them grow on the social media side and kind of advertised for them through our platforms.
0: Um, and it's been, it's been really good. Awesome. Awesome. Is that, before or after you guys started with the the released outdoors or like Uh,
2: that would have been in our first year
0: okay awesome and you guys mentioned earlier that you're working on releasing a whole new series um based on your guys' season this year tell us a little bit about what you guys have in the works and what the plan is for for the next for 2023
1: uh so a lot of us we did a lot of we started from shed season on you know uh as soon as january hits we're kind of looking into the that year already for deer season you know we're picking up sheds and then we're getting in the turkeys and then the guys are in montana fishing and and i mean just everything food plots prep season so in january we're hoping to come out with you know Noel's actually working on a Released Outdoors actual intro video. We're hoping to drop, you know, sometime, hopefully the first week of January, right before we leave for ATA, so it's out there, and people can, you know, realize what's going to happen. I tried shooting my deer on film this year. I actually, Noel, when Noel came here that weekend, uh, he filmed me shoot the deer that I was, in there after and trying to shoot and i made a bad shot and the deer survived and so that i don't want to give out too much in case we do put out an episode but the deer is officially dead for a second shot back there right there okay he's your uh so i don't want to give out too much so hoping to drop that jeremiah should possibly have a muzzleloader episode Uh, we'll have shed episodes we'll have prep work episodes coming on youtube uh turkey we're planning a big turkey trip uh this spring i mean maybe i think we're looking at four different states to go shoot turkeys so there should be a whole lot coming out because the cameras are going to be rolling hot and heavy this year because we're going to start pumping stuff out and really taking that next step
0: and and is the when you guys record hunts are you kind of alive like we'll hunt on tuesday and if and if it goes well we'll try to get that uploaded like the next week or a few days later or are you like offsetting by like a year or a season or scheduling it out later in the year
1: uh we haven't really discussed that um i'm not gonna be picky because i know all of our guys are you know we're busy we all got wives or kids in, in day-to-day jobs, you know? So we're not going to be like, Hey, we need to have this episode out by the end of the week. We're not going to put that on Noel, but if Noel says, Hey, I could probably have it out, you know, in two weeks, then Hey, okay. Do it, buddy. You know, we trust you have at it, but we're not going to put the pressure on, on him to do that.
0: Okay. But you're not waiting until like next fall or next year or quarter two. I mean, it's not like you're, you're filming now no, for no. next year. It's we're going to try to get it out consistently throughout the year
1: yep yes correct yep
0: and what what are most of your guys filming with you like i assume a lot of the content is is set up in ground blinds and tree stands so what's the like the typical filming unit i know elk is a completely different situation a lot of times but
2: yeah christian and i we use like dslr cameras uh lucas had a dslr but he upgraded to uh Campbell or Canon like Campbell's game video camera uh Noel he's got you know probably the best gear out of all of us um yeah. these GoPros you know a lot of action cameras second angle stuff that you know you can turn on from your phone that's pretty easy to use uh definitely not professional by any means but we definitely have you know nice enough gear to get by with for now and we'll we've looked at upgrading uh as we continue to grow and, you know, whether it be gimbals or things like that, uh, we're always looking to upgrade, produce the best quality, you know, uh, content that we can. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I asked because lately, and essentially since I started the podcast, I've been really hearing so much about, you know, I've had you guys on, Eric has talked about the OK Cased they're filming some stuff. I had a couple of photographers on behind the blind TV. And every time I talk to someone, I get more inspired, like, I should be recording stuff, like, I should be taking some film down, I should, you know, and I'm always like, well, I don't, I don't want to be, like, a YouTuber, right? Yeah. Because it's just not what I'm, I'm, it's just not me, like, I want to do other things, but to have a YouTube channel for the podcast would help. And I don't think I would ever do, like, full production, you know, whitetail hunts or elk hunts. Like, I just want to – like, when I go elk hunting, I want to forget about technology because it's just a headache. Batteries die. Cameras get wet. You're fumbling around with a GoPro when the elk walks out. But for, like, shed hunting, like, I'm already recording stuff. Like, I should just put my – mount my GoPro in, like, a POV setting and just let it run and loop. And then I can record sheds and stuff. And like, I could start to, I could do a lot more than I'm already doing. And so I've been, always asking like, what are you guys using? Cause I, I did the whole camp. I used to work for bow Hunter die. If you've heard of that web show.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was a brand ambassador for them and I was doing a lot of social media and behind the scenes and I was trying to get on the pro staff and I originally emailed them and I was like, Hey, I want to be a pro staffer. And they're like, okay, like, do you film? And I'm like, well, no, but I could.
2: <laughs>
0: and they're like, well, there's more to it than that. And I'm like, how hard could it be? And they're like, you know, go get a camera, film this year. You you can be a field staff now. We always need field staffers and brand ambassadors. But, you know, start filming and sending stuff in. And I went and bought a real cheap arm, and I had a, a point-and-shoot camera that had a video mode but no zoom. And and then I slowly upgraded, and, I had, you know, I had a fourth-arrow amp camera with a – I think it was a Canon – like, full video, shotgun mic, everything. And what I found was it just wrecked hunting for me, like making sure the battery is packed, all the cords, setting it all up. You know, now you're sweating because you're carrying all this gear in, and I live two hours away from the farm, so, you know, I forgot one little mount, and now the whole thing falls apart. And so I just quit. I sold the camera, sold the arm. I switched to a DSLR to take photos, and now I'll just shoot photos of deer when they come out, and then I try to shoot them when they get close enough. But... So I'm always asking for tips and tricks how to make things better and and hear what other people it are doing. Is,
1: it is, I mean, it is a struggle carrying in camera gear. I mean, I have this problem all the time. I think four or five times this year, I text Jeremiah, I'm like, God dang it, I, I forgot something. I said, I'm going to see a giant tonight, boys. I'm not going to be able to freaking film it. And I forgot uh like my monopod bracket one night in october and i went in to go hunt a specific deer and the deer comes out i'm like i i'm holding my camera on the monopod freehanding it trying to film this deer and the film's good and Rob's sitting there going you know how nice it'd be if i just had my freaking bracket here i'm like you gotta be kidding me Uh, it's a strong anyone that sits here and says that they can go out and shoot 150 plus inch deer their first time on video. The video is perfect. The zoom is perfect. The focus is perfect perfect. Then hands down to you, but I'm probably not going to believe you until I see the film.
0: Yeah. I'm so I'm an electrical engineer. So I always think about like, man, this problem sucks. I bet I could fix this. And so I've thought about like putting Putting like a RFID tag or something like on your bow and on your string so it can look at like, so your camera arm can look at those two points and figure out exactly where your bow is pointing and then just move over, like yeah. have a little servo engine that moves the camera and points it right to where it's at. And like, so that way like, as, yeah. the, as the deer's moving and you're swinging with it, your camera arm's following you, i would be like, that would like, that would solve everything.
1: That would have been so clutch for me this year because the deer I killed I was filming and I drew back on him and he is perfect and I actually double hit the freaking record button so when I thought I was filming I wasn't filming one and then when I'm drawn back he takes a couple more steps and goes out of camera angle so I'm trying to elbow my camera. And he's kind of looking up at me like, what is that up in the tree? And I'm like, you know what? I can't let this deer get by me a second time. So then I put it on him and shot. And I called Jeremiah. like, I don't think I got it on film, and I'm not happy right now. But I went through the SD card the other night, and you can hear the phone call conversation of Jeremiah and I having when I called him saying I shot the deer, and it's hilarious. <laughs> so hopefully we drop that somewhere. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of good that can come with that, especially like you can't show the shot anyway on most of these social media platforms anymore. Um, and so there's so much you can do.
1: I, I think I stay on a constant warning on TikTok, And I told Jeremiah the other day, I, you know, I don't care. They are going to ban me and that's fine. I'm tired of my good stuff being removed because it's too violent, but.
0: Yeah, That's I've always I've had to I've had a couple taken down. I was doing some videos, like some humor videos, but they had like guns in the frame. And I don't know how their algorithms can tell instantly, but I would like post it and one second later it would come right down. It's like, how did you know? Like I was looking at my scope. Like I basically mounted my phone on my barrel looking back at me, and it was like a Peter Griffin clip of like, you know, like, <laughs> I just want to talk to him. I just want to talk to him. Like, Dad, why do you have a shotgun? I just want to talk to him. Um, about my ex-boyfriend yeah. and stuff and took down instantly. So I was like, <laughs> whatever, but no, it's really funny. You said that. Cause I, the, the elbow thing. Cause when I was working for Bowen or die, the owner, Todd had a buck come in that walked right through his, his frame. Like he comes to full draw, tries to stop him, just doesn't give two shits and keeps walking. And so you can see on Todd's like his, his wide angle, he like bends down like way like this, and moves his whole camera arm over with his elbow and then comes back and smokes it, dead center of the frame, perfect focus, like just a wizard. And this was like five years ago, like pretty intense. So then Justin, the co-host, like two weeks later, has the exact same thing happen to him, and he's shooting a new thumb release or a back tension. And so he pulls back, deer walks through frame. He goes like this. To move his 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 camera and whack his bow goes off like up at a 45 degree angle on film and just goes miserably and so he's just like i'm not trying that anymore if todd can do it todd can do it but i'm not so now everyone just lets down and moves and which is not easy to do quietly no well lucas
2: lucas you know we're hunting we hunt a property together and we're sitting on different ends of it and he rattles and buck comes in running and he swings his camera around draws back shoots gets shot on film but as he swung his camera it went out of focus so it's all blurred out but I mean I'm like what, what else can you do when you're self-filming
0: yeah the perfect scenario yeah. is that you have a buddy that lives like two doors down has the same work schedule as you and you guys are both such killers that he knows if he gives up a hunt tonight you're gonna shoot And then like, I can shoot, like, there's no issue of whether or not we're going to get our bucks both. It's just win like your bucks coming out tonight, it's on this pattern, the winds, right? Let's hunt yours. And then when it switches, we'll hunt mine. And you know, I'm pretty confident we're both going to get a shot. Otherwise it's like, Hey, you want to film for me? It's like, well, no, I kind of want to hunt. I want to go like, I don't have a lot of opportunity. I I don't think, you know, I'm not super confident I'm even going to get a big buck this year. So I don't want to waste any opportunities I do have. And then it's like, it all falls apart from there.
1: I think the struggle with Jeremiah and I is, is, you know, his best farm is an hour and 20 minutes away. And it's like, we're on the same work schedule, but we got to drive an hour and 20 minutes when we both have families yeah. or I would go down there and film with him if I could. And, you know, Lucas can film with him too, but Lucas has a crazy work schedule. So it's kind of a, a struggle for us at the moment, but we're looking at changing that and Jeremiah's, you know, switch things up this year. He decided to pick up a muzzleloader for early season, which would have freed him up to film all of us, you know, during bow season. And because, I mean, I'm a diehard bow hunter. I haven't picked up a gun in in quite a while because I like shooting with a bow. And I used to give Jeremiah a hard time, just to give him a hard time to shoot with a gun. But it makes sense now. So why not do it if it makes sense? Yeah, you give him a hard time in
0: August. when you're like, oh, you're gonna use a muzzle loader, you wussy. And then when Jeremiah's sitting yeah. with his tag punched and his buck on the wall, and it's December, and you still haven't had a, you know, you've had that shooter walk through at 60 yards about three times. I bet you start to rethink that. You're like, man, Jeremiah's kind of onto something. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's man. Maybe he's the genius here. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> something. <Yeah. laughs>
0: That's funny. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You know, so. You guys have a full season plan. You got seven guys on the staff. Do you and Jeremiah have dreams of taking this full-time someday with everything you got working, or is it you you just would rather do it part-time and and do what you're doing with the the day job?
2: No, I mean, the goal, would honestly, I mean, to make it profitable enough that obviously to start that we could, you know, do it full-time, and then if at some point we could turn it profitable enough that our guys could, you know – become full-time employees too that would be the
0: ultimate goal and yeah
1: Jeremiah talk uh, about every day or every night at work and no, and no offense to our company is we don't want to retire from here <laughs> we want to retire from our own company being our own bosses having our own team not necessarily employees but our own team you know that's yeah. that's the dream we want to do something that makes us happy every day that we love. And then money doesn't mean anything to us. We just want to be, you know, just happy in the outdoor industry. So we're, and that's why we are the way we are. I mean, we push nonstop to do stuff. I mean, it's an everyday thing. There's not anything that gets past a day that we're not talking about something with at least outdoors. I mean, it's, it is truly incredible and we are blessed with the guys that we have.
0: Oh, that's, that's. What you said right there, Christian, is the exact spirit of why I started this podcast. And I feel the exact same way. I love my company. I'm you know, I'm an electrical engineer for John Deere. I get to design some pretty cool shit. But it's the yeah. same. It's like I don't want to retire from an office. And it's nothing against John Deere. If I'm gonna work for a company, they're the company I'm gonna be at because they're the they're the best in my mind. But I would I don't wanna retire. I don't wanna retire at all. I wanna go full time and then I hunt for the rest of my life. Like I don't see myself sitting back on the rocking chair ever. I just want to be doing my own stuff. I want to be doing my own production or my own food plots and running my own businesses. And yeah, maybe one day I start to transition more of the day to day to someone else and I sit back, but that doesn't mean I'm going to quit. And I'm sure you guys feel the same way.
1: Yeah. I mean, we all have bills to pay and we have, you know, cool stuff to pay for. So we got to grind it out right now you know, in our younger days in order to look at our future. I mean, it's – it is crazy, and like I said, we do think about it every day because that's what we want. We just want to – we just want to crush goals. Like, Jeremiah and I set out goals, and we ask our guys every – beginning of every season, what's your goal, you know? What do you want to do this year? Not just for Released Outdoors, but for yourself. What's a personal goal, you know? And I feel like – all of our guys this year, now that I really say and think about this, they did it. I mean they really I, down to me, jeremiah Branson, everyone checked off at least one of their goals on their list, if not more, and now that I say and think about it i'm I'm pretty mind by that
0: that's the that's the true sign of a great year right there that's for sure um you can't yeah you can't beat that i mean that's that's why we do it I mean you gotta keep striving in life um You know, episode 13 with Eric Clark from OKest Hunter, he he said it really well when he said, you know, what I'm doing day to day is placing
1: small bets on my future. Yep. Right. Yeah. We're worried about us and not the next guy. You know, we're worried about pushing each and every one of our guys. And it's even down to our wives or fiancés or girlfriends. You know, every one of our guys is either – I think Lucas is the only – single guy now so all of our wives you know they push us just as much they want to pull our hair out half the time because we're so dedicated to it but they know exactly what our goal is and what we want to do which makes like the released outdoors family as a whole is is incredible i mean we like i said we are blessed you should
0: start a a parody of like the wives of released outdoors and then like They're, uh, you know, their text chains, like, you know, hey, what are you guys doing while wow, Jared's out in the stand and Christian's out in the stand, Jeremiah, while well, Jeremiah's doing this, like, you know, just like all of them are have the same story from their side of the view, like, yeah, I'm at home with the kids or I'm at home doing this. And
2: the cool thing is, though, like everyone, I don't know if Noel's wife hunts, but the six main, like original six guys, all of our significant others, hunt, I mean, my wife. She's, I mean, we're due any day with our second child and she was out hunting the other day and she almost shot a 170 inch buck at first light with a rifle. We walked a mile into the farm and nine months pregnant, you know, we just went slow, took our time and she had an opportunity and didn't want to rush it. So, I mean, that's, they're just as dedicated as all of us.
0: That's probably, it, it might be a yeah, good I mean, thing that didn't come in that they might've found <laughs> the 31st way to induce labor by shooting a gross boon. And now you're a mile back into the property.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, McKenna's the same way. Uh, McKenna, my wife, she was, uh, we just found out at the time, I think three weeks pregnant with our first child, and she shot a 140-inch buck with a crossbow by herself. And it's funny because two nights before she was hunting, she was puking out the window of the ground blind and text me, "Uh, I'm sick, I don't know what's going on, I don't feel good. And she knows she's pregnant, but she's playing it off with me to hide the fact and, and then you know we like you cooked her on you know, a like,
0: bad meal <laughs> yeah yeah I'm like
1: wait you were pregnant and she's like yeah I'm like wow this story just gets that much better you know and then Branton's wife or fiance I should say uh I'll let Jeremiah talk about her she's a a freaking killer oh man yeah no she she's she's a killer she shoots big
2: antelope with Branson every year and, you know, mule deer or whatever it is, you know, they, they get it done this year alone. Branson, he, uh, see, he shot uh, a whitetail in Nebraska with his bow. He shot a mule deer in Colorado, whitetail in Montana, Montana bull, Montana antelope. Uh, you know, he just gets it done.
0: That's insane. Yeah. My fiance, she, she grew up in a, Maybe more of a traditional hunting family, like dad hunts and fishes, but not the, not to the same degree that I'm addicted to it. But she's been out. She had a bow. And, you know, when she started dating me, we, we started hunting a lot together. And then she shot her first deer with me. I forgot the shooting stick, so she shot it left-handed with my right-handed semi-auto shotgun, freehand out <laughs> of a tree stand. Cause I forgot the shooting sticks. That's impressive. So not only is the shell getting ejected right in front of her face, but you know, it's also like her first time shooting a deer and she's doing it freehanded now and dropped it in its tracks. So that was really cool. And so, yeah, just to see that, to have that partner. I mean, the other, she's a pharmacist and she's doing a residency right now to become a pediatric pharmacist and like very high end stuff. She's working like 14. So she didn't even get to hunt this year. She knew she was like, I'm not even going to buy a tag. Like there's no way I'm getting out. But this summer she was like, out of the blue we were going to Chipotle and she just randomly asked me like, what do you think of Hoyt bows? <laughs> and I'm like, I was kind of taken back. Cause we, she's like mentioned a couple times. She'd maybe want to get a new bow, but never serious as she, and I look over and she's scrolling like the Hoyt boasts catalog. <laughs> and I, I shoot Matthews. Not that I care. I, I've actually probably will switch to Hoyt, but it was just, I was just so taken aback that she was looking at bows on her own, much less like Hoyt. And at first I was like, well, I shoot Matthews. So, you know, blah, 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 blah. But then I'm like, are you actually like thinking about buying a new yeah. bow? Like just when you hear like your partner or your wife or fiance, like start to talk about like your passions to like near the same degree you are. I mean, that's when it just seems like everything like hearing that was just, wow. I was, like, that's what I want to hear. Like that made me excited.
1: <laughs> yeah. You get real pumped.
0: Oh yeah, real pumped, real fast. Do your wives and fiancés like being in front of the camera or do they not want any part of that?
2: Uh, mine not so much. She, she I told her the other day I'm like cuz I went out there and popped up the ground blind and that was the plan was we're going to go hunt in the ground blind and I was going to film and we're going to try to kill this deer and uh I was like, "So you ready to be on camera?" And she just looked at me like, uh, what are you talking about? Like that's not happening."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you got to tell her like, I "Hey, I
1: want to my life."
0: noel says if we have a female talent on board we're gonna grow 20 percent faster we got it you got to do it for the ratings babe yeah exactly that's no funny.
1: i i just told my wife she knows i just take the camera and she just looks at me i'm like it's it's happening you know you're gonna get filmed and she's fine with it she's i love my wife to death but she's the type of girl that if i didn't kill a deer that year and she does she's rubbing in my face like Well, see the deer meat we're eating in the freezers—that's from me. I did that, not you. Me, I'm like, who (laughs) who ran the cameras? Who, who the corn? Who got the permission? I'm like, what do you mean? That's all you? Well, I, you know, I pulled the trigger. I'm like, all right, I'll give you that. And this year, she's like, I'm not even going to hunt because we had our first child in in August. So she's like, I'm not going to worry about it. You do you. And yeah, and I killed my target deer this year, my biggest. And now she's like okay i think i'm gonna hunt next year so let's start getting on the ball with things for next year i'm like oh, i already am what are you talking about <laughs> right
0: yeah you. i like that little bit of an edge like it makes it more fun um we were driving around and i've been yeah. looking at buying a tractor for since you know moby dick was a minnow but you know and i'm i've always telling her like oh that's a good one or that's not and i work for john deere so i know like which what i'm interested in and i we were driving by and there was the exact tractor I want on a flatbed next to us on the interstate. And I was like, Hey, if we buy that tractor, it's got a buddy seat for you. She's like, I don't want a buddy seat. I want my own tractor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's my wife. I want my own and I want a better one than that. It's gotta be faster.
0: Yeah. I want more power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So cool. 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 So, aside from the feed partnership, have you guys started working with any type of sponsors and, and trying to get that next level Mm -hmm. of monetization on the channel to get closer to the goal of full time? You mentioned you got apparel and that's always like a, a big part of monetization, but what has that been looking like? And obviously you don't have to share details. I don't want to, I don't need a balance sheet. (laughs) So uh, (laughs)
2: there's a handful of companies that we actually do work with. Uh, Zen at ground blinds, um, uh jared lyle he you know he was involved the trophy taker you know now hunting fool i'm sure everybody's heard the name jared lyle uh but yeah we we use their ground blinds um unbound bow strings uh they're made here in kansas they're you know relatively new company second to none uh great people great customer service uh scree camo we're working with them um we were working with a knife company out of montana at the, at the time, but, um, they had some internal stuff. So now we're, uh, looking like we'll probably do something with Ridge belts, um, hooked up with them and a couple other companies as well.
0: At a a high level, when you start to talk about working with companies in your experience, kind of advice for the listeners, are you approaching the companies? Are you having a, maybe a connection like you know somebody and that's how it starts or are they coming out to you out of the blue in most of the cases
2: uh i would say a little bit of all three you know like there's some companies growing up around you know the hunting industry and know having people that have worked in it uh you know you obviously have those relationships where people you know have been successful and have companies and so you you know you have those those type of interactions um with like unbound bowstrings, and you know, I wanted to get my bow restrung and I was really interested in bloodline fibers. And so I was actually going to use a company out of Montana. And then I went to my local bow shop and they're like, well, here, you know, have you, this is the same, basically material, different company. And it's a local guy. And so I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to give him a shot. You know, so we built that relationship that way. Um, but also, you know, you're, there's going to be times where you have to reach out to people and you know, when you do so, you want to, you don't just want to ask for things, you know, you want to show your worth. You want to show, uh, you want to show what you bring to the table and, you know, how you can benefit that company and, you know, how you want the relationship to be mutually beneficial. Um, so I always try to go in and put my best foot forward and, you know, this is whether you're showing them the numbers, uh, of, you know, what you've done views wise, you know, the amount of interaction you get on your pages, um, or you're showing them, you know, just the content you've created, you know, I think that speaks for itself in a lot of situations.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you always got to lead with value. I mean, when you're an entrepreneur, you got to lead with value to the customer, your content, like you either got to be fun, funny, or educational, you know, even companies you're working with them, like you got to show why it's a good idea for them to, to, to place that's like just the same as you're placing small bets on your future. They're placing small bets on their future. And they yep, want to see that bet come they, that bet come to fruition for sure. So awesome, dude. That's exciting. I always like hearing people share their stories of, like, I like it when they're on the roll, right? Like, you know, when you, you're too early, there's maybe not as much story there, right? You're just kind of starting. And when you're at the end, like, it's still cool to talk to those people and, and reminisce and look back. But when you talk to someone that's, like, they're in the middle of their role, there's just, it's something about it that it's just way more exciting to hear about. You're engaged. You're like, I want to follow along. I want to see this thing go. And you know, that's what I feel when I'm talking to you guys is like, it's like you guys are on your role. Like it's, it's, it's popping as we speak. And that's what makes it exciting to yeah. follow along with.
2: No, absolutely. I mean, like I said, we're, we're definitely hot. Like we said, when we started, this was, we knew coming into this year, this was going to be our prove it year. Like we started, with an Instagram and we had some really good growth and we're like, okay, now from Instagram, where do we take this? Do we, you know, continue to grow our social medias and then try to start a YouTube and an apparel line and jump to a streaming platform like a carbon TV or, you know, like we have those short-term, you know, six to six weeks to however many month quarterly goals. And we have our long-term goals as well that we're continually working towards. And we're definitely, definitely hot having our best year to date.
0: Awesome. I love yeah. to hear it. I love to hear it. Um, I've, I've been super excited to get you guys on. I appreciate your guys' time and, and you telling our story, your story, not our story, and uh, sharing with the listeners how Released Outdoors came to be. Uh, but give everybody a chance to follow along. Re- get, let us know where we can follow you on their socials, What the, what's coming next, Where you where you want to send people, where they can get your new series that you're working on.
1: Uh, You can follow us on, we got Facebook, Instagram. Uh, There's two TikTok accounts. Jeremiah runs one and I run one. For whatever reason, we can't figure out how to link both TikToks together. So we just said, screw it. (laughs) We'll run two. And then, like we said, hopefully by the first or second week of January, you will see Released Outdoors on YouTube and go from there and like jeremiah said maybe a a bigger streaming platform in the next few months uh but right now youtube will be the next step so cool that's about it
0: and is it released underscore outdoors across all of your platforms
2: yeah uh pretty much uh in you know like on our instagram we have links uh to our facebook um i don't know i think christian's tiktok might be linked to the instagram as well yeah. um so we try to keep everything there for our followers just make it easy all right and when and have- youtube you know that link will be there as well
0: awesome so if you're listening for this and you're looking for released outdoors i will put the link to their instagram in the show notes and some of their also uh, other socials so if you're looking for th- to, to find their instagram just hit the show notes and it'll be there
2: Perfect. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Thanks for being here, guys. I appreciate it. This has been one heck of an episode, and I can't wait for what comes next on Released Outdoors. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Anytime, sir.
1: Thanks for having us, man.
0: Anytime. Thanks for listening, folks.